Welcome to mm. Enter the Quote. My name's George. My name's Oscar. And yeah, this week was, well, it just felt very, very different. We've decided to shift or experiment with a slightly different format in the start of the new year. And how that looks is one of us will pick a quote. This week, George picked a quote and George has been writing notes, whereas I've been preparing myself for, for a more interview style conversation. So definitely having more of a focus on asking questions and inquiring to what you've been investigating this week, George. And we're going to switch week to week who's in focus. And yeah, this is, this is in preparation for getting guests on the show. And also, I think it's just, it's a way of us deep diving into what the other person's experience really is like. So I think it's very different being interviewed or, or asked questions of, and it's very different asking questions. Like I realized while we were recording, you know, it's just like my role wasn't in kind of thinking mode. It was like as trying to be as receptive as possible and seeing when there was little opportunities to ask a little bit further or see if there was anything mm. a little bit deeper down and just see mm. if we can unpack this thing, you know, yeah. the, the, the subject of this week. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, 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 it was very different. It felt, I, I don't know how you mm. found it, George. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was a, yeah, obviously had a very different feel and it was nice to, to really think about things more deeply because you would kind of probe and ask different questions I hadn't really thought about and helped me go deeper than I would. Whereas before, you know, we more had our, our own things we'd talk about and then the other person would go off that, but maybe not really inquire further in, in a specific area. So yeah, I think it, I think it worked really well, actually. Another thing that I would say just going into this is we end up talking about a lot of things that are quite, can be quite weird to grasp things that aren't talked about a lot, free will and, and like where the edge of yourself is and a lots of kind of bizarre things that are quite experiential. So we were really doing our best to explain what we meant by them. But I would say just just have patience with it and, and just have an open mind and just explore the different analogies. And we're going to try and talk about things from from different sides and just use it as as food for thought. So I hope you enjoy it and that it makes you think about things differently and in an interesting way. So let's get into the episode. So the quote for this week is from Alan Watts and it is, you and I are all as much continuous with the physical universe as a wave is continuous with the ocean. So this is a quote that I remember hearing quite a while ago from just listening to, to Alan Watts. And Alan Watts is a philosopher. He talks about a lot of spiritual things, about oriental philosophy, a lot Buddhism and awakening and psychotherapy and, and just a lot of things that I just find really fascinating, really. Just these things about what actually is life, what's going on, what's the point, if any. And just, just things that I find enjoyable to explore. And I remember when I first came across this concept in the quote, having a moment where I was sitting down on my bed and trying to really feel it and really understand like what it means to be continuous with the physical universe. Because in this quote, it's kind of saying, you know, if you, if you look at a wave, 
it's not really clear the distinction of, of its edges. You know, if, you, if you're just looking at, around at the sea, you can say, like, oh, that's a wave. But then the closer you look, the less clear it gets. Where is the wave stop and the ocean begin? Or where is that wave start, stop and the next wave begin? And you start to realize that actually the, it's not this separate object within the ocean. It really is just part of it. And that that does actually apply to to oneself as well. When I was on my bed, just sitting and meditating, I was really going through this of like, where are my edges? Where do I stop? And the the rest of the universe begins. And I was thinking about, okay, so my clothes, is that is that the edge? You know, if, if someone were to point at me, they might say like, oh, that's George there. And, you know, that would kind of include the clothes. So like, are the clothes the edge of me? What about my hand? If my hand was, say my arm was amputated, is that, does that hand, that hand is now not me? Like the second that that last little bit of my arm gets cut, like what if it's almost all completely cut my arm, but there's a tiny little bit left. Like, is that still me? You know, when there, does there have to be that physical connection? And, you know, say I lost it and then somehow it was taken to surgery and then put back on. And then it's now me again. Is it been me the whole time? Or if I got, you know, a, a prosthetic arm that might start to feel like me. Like that prosthetic arm is part of me because that's how I pick things up and use things. Is is that now me? You know, it just, and it's a, a weird process to go through to just really think like, what, where are these edges? And you can start to extend that to other things around you of like your context that you're within. So if you say, pick up your phone, that kind of is part of you in a way. It's an extension of you as you're using it, the same way that you use your body to move around, you're using this other tool to, you know, to call people or contact them or to, to find out information. And that kind of starts to become weirdly sort of part of yourself as well. And you can even have these experiences, say, if you've, if you've learned a musical instrument really well, or you've learned to use a particular tool, for example, you with, with graffiti with having a spray can in your hand, you start to have such an understanding of the distance between the wall of the different types of caps, how you're moving your arm and have such an understanding of how this thing moves in the same way you'd have an understanding of how you can manipulate your own hands to do things. And it starts to really feel like, oh, that's kind of part of me in a way. Same way a guitar could feel like part of you, the same way when I used to skateboard loads, you know, I felt kind of like I was you know, the skateboard was an extension of myself and that was kind of me as well. So that's kind of the most easy to grasp level of it, probably. Of You know, you can kind of see like, oh yeah, those, you know, that makes sense that those things are kind of part of me in a way. But yeah, you can just extend that indefinitely and, and, and realize that, that all of the things around you are you as well. Yeah, it's quite a weird thing to talk about because it's it's quite an experiential thing. To, to go through this process and really start to like break that down. But throughout this episode, we can kind of talk around it and, and try and explain as, as best we can. But yeah, it definitely is something to be experienced.
and what when when you do experience that say when you were sitting on your bed and you're you're i guess it's a a reflection or an inquiry as to who you are did anything happen emotionally f- from any sort of recognition that you were having say that you know you did actually sense like oh wow really like yeah okay i i'm not quite sure where i stop or the boundaries are blurred or whatever mm. what shifts when that mm. happens so I guess when in that time and and other similar experiences I've had, I often kind of have this, it feels, you know, like a a feeling of of liberation, kind of, I feel quite free and sort of amused, I would say it's, it's, yeah, I'd say amusement is probably the the kind of best way to describe it because Mm -hmm. in a way, maybe this is a bit too dramatic a term for, for the experiences I've had, but it's almost like you're seeing things for the first time when you look at things you turn the world into objects really your Mm. vision is just different colors shadow light and that's that's your vision what your mind does is it draws lines around things it gives things edges of you know that's the laptop say you're looking at your sofa say oh that's my sofa but like is that but then there's but you go closer and that's the sofa cushion that's the arm of the sofa that's this. And you can draw, you know, lines around these different parts of, of that object and, and break it down into and get more and more granular. But still, what all you're doing is you're like trying to cut out a little section of, of your experience and say, this is this thing. And, and, and then you could look closer and be like, actually, well, it's just actually lots of these little things. And, and you're still breaking things up and, and turning, turning it into like a digital world of like, you know this is this these are like these different objects within it and this way of of seeing things is basically getting rid of to some extent anyway that feeling of of things being separate objects of seeing things as as completely divided and you know it's something that i've that i've experienced a few times you know not to some like crazy degree like i still obviously know like I'm aware that I'm looking at my bed. I'm not just seeing like a kaleidoscope of colors or anything like that. Like I'm still obviously aware where I am, but it's a a real interesting experience to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess it is like this. It is all connected and not separate and and just one one experience. But yeah, I'd say amusement is is like the the emotional response I have to that that noticing and seeing things in a different way why why amusement that's not what i would assume would come up in a mm. situation like that in a way it, it, you might even i can imagine that happening to some people and they feel quite disorientated or or scared by the lack of clarity or not the lack of clarity but like you know boundaries blurring and lack of maybe sense of self and things like that that could mm. be quite scary so what why would amusement come come up do you think hmm I guess I find it, I find it interesting. Like I've, like I've noticed something that I haven't noticed before. Mm. You know, like say you're looking at a magic eye poster. Don't know if you've done those where you have a, a pattern that seems to be just a, a pretty much a uniform pattern, and you look at it for a while and you, you you basically change how your eyes are focusing, and when they focus in a particular way, you can see a a picture emerge from that, and it's like oh wow, I didn't, I just didn't see that. How did I not see that? Um, and, you know, in finding something, 
often there's can be a feeling of like, oh, cool. Whoa, look at that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought it? That's mm-hmm. just how that just seems to be my my natural response to it. In those sorts of experiences. Yeah, it's definitely been a, you know, weird, but but a, like a, a positive and interesting experience. Not I haven't mm. had any any times where it's really felt like a like scary or or overwhelming to me. Before we get back to the episodes, it would be amazing if you could subscribe or follow our podcast. Also, if you're enjoying this episode, if you could just give it a share, you could give it a share onto Instagram or just send it straight in WhatsApp to your friends. That means so much to us when when you do that as a listener and that would be beautiful. So thank you very much and really hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. I've heard before that, well, there's this saying of you need a strong sense of self to transcend it. And I think it kind of goes into this this area of like that in a way I'd imagine the reason why you haven't found it disorientating or alarming is that you feel like the foundations of your labeling and objectifying of things and your sense of your your own self is is strong enough that it doesn't feel like everything's just been taken from under your feet you're you're aware that you have something to go back to it's it's you know this is a temporary experience and Mm. actually like there can be more playfulness with it whereas with a more fragile sense of self since it doesn't feel so strong it feels like an experience of no self an experience of see a lack of distinction between self and other or self and object Mm. and like that might be enough to shatter things in a way that is to a point of no return in a way Mm. because because what you start with feels like it's going to break any moment then as soon as as soon as there's a wobble or a sense of like oh shit Mm. what i have even that isn't stable then it's Mm. like there's this experience of kind of like that it it might all just go tits up somehow Mm. like Mm. um you you, like oh it's never coming back and like uh, and Mm. then you're kind of panicking Mm. you have no like sense of gotcha uh, yeah yeah very like ungrounded i kind of i guess i wonder if if that's because you know it's quite common for people to to have experiences like you're talking about and to find them very alarming you know Mm. to find them very very unsettling Mm. so yeah i think i think it would i mean yeah i'm I'm just speculating here but like i feel that it happening slowly is is a good thing like starting Mm. to you know having a maybe having like a, a framework for understanding this you know having heard people talk about this sort of thing for a while before and kind of slowly having little mini experiences or little noticing things that are strange or interesting and i i feel that that maybe that baby stepping can can make things less overwhelming than if you just mm. suddenly have you know this this feeling of like oh i don't really have a self there's just like thoughts that arise but there's no there's no tangible thing there there's just mm thoughts about who i am that just float in every now and again you know that Mm. that's that's basically what i call myself yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and what like you know i'm curious because you've talked about an experience that sounds quite it's it's deep or it, it is significant why is an experience or an investigation like this important like what because, you know, it can sound a little bit kind of highfalutin and just like, oh, that's a nice pastime for, you know, mm. spiritual people who are kind of like, what's, you know, or like, why 
<laughs> like Mark Corrigan might say, you know, it's just like Jez from Peep Show is like talking about having a magic mushroom trip and Mark is just like saying how, you know, like where you're off basically just like off with the fairies and you know you're you're trying to I can't remember the exact quote but basically just like you know you're seeing things that aren't really there and that's it yeah you know like yeah. that's that's just the that's the that's the end of it like mark's in the real world this this character mark is very stick up his ass like works in an office incredibly like unhappy but just feels like this is just the way that the real world is yeah. whereas jez is just like off with the fairies and just like a ridiculous like stoner you know mm. just doing nothing with his life but you know mark this character mark does speak for a lot of people you know like why should anyone bother with mm. an investigation like this obviously things exist obviously objects exist obviously yourself exists you know it's mm. just like don't be stupid like so what yeah why should people why should people care about that yeah so so this is something that i was i was thinking about in preparation for this episode like what is what actually is the point of this because <laughs> i was going through like why you know what is the utility of, of going through this and i maybe there are other things to it but for me i really don't think that there is a point to it i think it's in the same way that say imagine you're going on a walk through the woods with your friend and your friend notices like this really interesting plant and they say look check out this plant and you go over and you're like huh wow that's really weird how it's like twisting and has like grown around that branch and like look at how the the leaves come out and like they've got this weird little shape on them that's it you know it's just like this interesting thing that's there that's that's part of reality and it's just seeing it and being like oh it's acknowledging this this thing that exists or a, a way of seeing things the same way that you know there's not really a point to a sunset but you can really appreciate it and be like oh look that's that's how it is like there's this and let's mm. like appreciate that so mm. i just see it as like a it's it's you're seeing a, a kind of a i feel like you're seeing closer to the, the base of reality with less filters on top. You're kind of mm. getting rid of some of the, the 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 filters that you add on top of your raw sensory data that comes in. So you are getting a little bit closer, I feel, to yeah, base reality, whatever or whatever you want to call it. And I just think that that's interesting, like an interesting thing to do. Like, oh, you're like peeling something back. It's like, I don't know, like like uh, pe peeling back the tablecloth and being like oh oh yeah there's like a cool wooden table under this tablecloth interesting mm. like that's <laughs> that's kind of as much point as i think that there is to it if you connect it to like free will of being like completely inseparable from the environment and from events then there's like different moral implications of that i think but just in terms of this in terms of just looking and and kind of dissolving those boundaries between your perception of where you stop and where the rest of the world begins i think it's just just like an interesting thing to have a look at mm. i want to hear more about the free will stuff you were just talking about <laughs> <laughs> so i think a, a good way actually to to kind of segue into that is thinking about the big bang you know and this again is just a concept that we have for how we think things started but let's let's take it uh, you know that this is 
exactly how things happened. There was this giant explosion that happened and it's just kept expanding and expanding and expanding for all these billions of years. In a similar way to say you could have an ink stain, like a, a bit of ink is thrown at some paper or explodes and you have, you know, this really dense part in the middle. And then you have these little bits that spiral off and these little flecks. And we are kind of like those little flecks on the very end. And we're like, we're this little bit. I'm this little fleck of ink that's on the edge of this explosion. Because the Big Bang just happened and is still happening. Like the explosion is still here. And we are part of that explosion. We're like a little, you know, if you imagine a, a fire, like a little spark, a little bit of the flame that comes up, like that's us. We're, we're just this little end on it. And that's how we identify ourselves as, as this little part that's separate from the whole. But really, we are the Big Bang because we've we've come from the Big Bang as a direct result. There's not been anything extra added in there. It's just been... The way that this thing exploded and expanded leads to this. Like th there's no other way it can go. It just, this is what happens when this, when this thing, you know, exploded, it's ended up here. This is what the explosion looks like of whatever was there to start off with. It leads to this and it's going to continue exploding. We're going to continue doing whatever things we're doing and how we've got here is just by events being how they are. There's a certain, you know, electrical charges, there's atoms, and those are just interacting in exactly the way that atoms interact. You know, there's different chemical reactions going on. There's all things bumping into each other, but they're all just reacting in the way that those things react with each other. The same way, you know, like within your mind, like the synapses that are firing, they're all just reacting in the way that they react, you know, chemically or physically. And that's just kind of how, how it goes. There's not really any space in there for free will. You know, we have like the, the experience of free will. We have like, you know, it feels like we have free will. Like it absolutely does. But I, I think that that's something that's evolved over time to help our brain. Basically it, it's like a, this is the way I see it. I'm not sure I've, I don't think I've really heard it explained much like this before, but this is just the way I think of it is, and maybe someone else has said it like this and I just heard it and didn't realize, but um, mm -hmm. I think of it as like your, the reason that you have, you know, this experience of agency is so that you're, you're ba so basically what's happening is you're like creating a narrative of what's happening in your life. You're making sense of it. You know, the same way we were saying before, you determine that these objects are separate. You start to see how these different objects in your world react with each other. You know, what is a car? How does a car interact with this? You know, how is it likely to move along a road? You start to build up this map and, and that map is built within your awareness. You're creating this narrative about the world and that that narrative that you create is is then used to inform the decisions you know your you could say your unconscious mind often makes these decisions and you know it's been found a lot in in brain scans that the the brain scan can predict the choice that someone's going to make before they're consciously aware of the choice that they're going to make so it does appear that that the 
the conscious experience of being alive is kind of like this thing that happens after that explains why things happened or explains why you did things. And it's just this, this narrative creating machine, you could say, that just makes that. I don't know, it's, it's a lot to, <laughs> it's quite a big subject to talk about. But yeah, I don't know if, if there's any big bits that I've missed or, or what else you want to know about that and how it relates to, to the quote. Well, I guess, I guess maybe from a subjective experience, you know, mm -hmm. the, that's because we've, what you've talked about there is, is sort of quite a zoomed out view maybe, mm -hmm. but you know, I, in my experience feel like I'm choosing what I'm saying right now to you mm -hmm. and if I'm not making that choice, then what is happening? Why does it feel this way? And mm -hmm. and yet, like you're saying mm -hmm. that you're saying that I'm not choosing this. I'm not choosing to say this. I guess I'm. What I'm saying is that it's is conditioned that that because of who you are, you're saying the things that you're saying. You know, because of because of your character, because of your life experiences. You know, that's that's what lead what's leading, and because of the environment, because of the things that I've said. You know, that's what leads you to make the choice that, that Oscar would make in that exact situation. Because you're you and you're going to be put in situations and you're going to behave in these situations in the way that you behave. Sometimes you might feel that you behaved in a way that you're more proud of. You maybe behave more courageously. Sometimes you might behave in a way that you're more ashamed of and, and you feel like, you know, I really shouldn't have done that or I don't feel that that was the right choice. But you still did that because that was part of you or that was part of how you would react in that situation. But earlier you said that I didn't exist though. So, yeah. So we're, <laughs> when we're talking about <laughs> these sorts of things, it gets really weird with language because language is not really designed with these concepts built in it's not really designed with this model and it's very useful to have the model of free will and agency incredibly useful for morality for 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 like so much of how humans live so it's 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 very valuable it is an illusion but it's a very valuable and very persistent illusion and even as someone who is very confident that it is an illusion, I spend the vast, vast majority of my life completely swept up in it and believing that I have agency and, and feeling that I have agency. But yeah, so language is, is, is quite tricky and there's, it can be, yeah, it can be useful to use the term you in some contexts and some contexts not. Um, and I remember when I was really kind of diving very deeply into this, I started changing my language. And uh, I think we were both kind of, we were looking at this, there's a thing called, an app called Liberation Unleashed, which has a lot of prompts um, that Oscar showed to me about really trying to see through like the illusion of, of a separate self. That's, that's a big part of it. And it did really change the language I was using. Obviously it makes you sound like a pretentious idiot when you talk to people like this normally you know you might notice on this podcast that i'll say sometimes things like um there is an experience of something like that that's an extent that's a sentence which 
doesn't really use the idea of um, I'm feeling this. It's getting rid of that I because the the I is something that, that does also appear within that experience, that concept of, of you as separate from the experience. You know, you are part of that experience. There's no separate me experiencing the experience. I am within the experience that that's, that's part of it. So yeah, sometimes I will, I will say that and skip the you and the I when I'm just really trying to be very specific about the fundamentals of existence. Um, but yeah, it does get really weird with, with language and, mm. and yeah, it definitely makes things sound contradictory. Mm. I wonder with, cause what you were saying earlier about how the most prominent thing that comes up for you in terms of a purpose of investigating self or non-self is well that is part of life and it's an interesting thing to investigate and there's a delight in investigating it but in a way what you've just been talking about now sounds like there's there's a lot more going on and a lot more room for different sorts of depths than the kind of analogies of of pure investigation and delight in investigation mm -hmm. you know because it, if we're talking about self and or if we're talking about suffering i guess and how much suffering is propelled by suffering in fact you know like people people don't act in really unkind unhelpful and violent ways when they're having a nice time you know when they're having a good time of it it doesn't tend to be that way it tends to be that mm. there's a lot of suffering involved and so if we're talking about where is the root of suffering then a lot of that can come back to our sense of identity and an ego and Mm, mm. that sort of thing so i wonder if there's if there's a lot more scope and potential for this whole area mm. as i was saying earlier like when you get into free will for example that has you know a lot of moral implications and you get into a really weird area of you realize that if you do believe that, that free will is an illusion so people do things based on their genetic disposition and their environment all of this stuff leads them to do the stuff that they're going to do. And they are, in one way of looking at it, completely powerless to not do it. The only problem is that if you have that as, as your main view, then people can actually end up acting worse. Or like if, if you don't have the idea that you do have a choice over what you do. Uh, you know, if you say like, ah, oh, you know, if someone kills someone, you know, they couldn't help it basically that is a very toxic idea to have within society because you know that's just gonna potentially lead to a lot more murder and a lot more people doing worse things because you don't lock people up because you know ah they couldn't help it and then things could potentially get very crazy so that's where you have to have these two these two opposing things held in your mind at the same time because it's, it's really good to understand that, that people are, in a way, helpless to do the things they do. But you also need to find ways to help people make the right choices about what it is that they do in their life. And uh, it just gets, yeah, it's <laughs> it's so wild, this whole, this mm -hmm. whole area. Because then it gets to like, well, but if we're trying to... Now, why are we bothering to talk about how we should dish out justice and organize society when... We don't even have free will to do it anyway mm. so what's you know what's the point why are we doing anything like are we choosing to even say the stuff we're saying now and 
<laughs> I just, I mean, I think we're kind of just like along for the ride and it feels like we're, you know, we're in it and we are in it. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know where, where I'm going with yeah. this. Mm. I can see why you brought free will, free will into it because what we've talked about from the start with this quote is is union with all things so being a wave as part of the ocean uh, and that we are we're not isolated we're not truly independent and you can see that in a from a no self perspective as well as a lack of free will perspective and often no self and lack of free will come hand in hand basically like a lot of people that are investigating self also come to a realization that free will can't exist and i guess that the one interesting thing as you're listening to this episode is is noticing if you're having a really strong reaction to say the idea of like a lack of free will like you know if, if you're thinking yeah but that's just that's so like you're you're excusing people's behavior like people can do anything they want from that perspective mm. and da 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 and it i just invite you as the listener to investigate that because that's not really what's being said actually it may feel like the implications of of having a view like a lack of free will is excusing people's behavior but that's really not it's got nothing to do with excusing people and their behavior really it's just saying that if every single thing is conditioned then there can't possibly be control you can't have independent control if there is no such thing as a separate self because everything is preconditioned the next thought that's coming into your head is preconditioned my particular skills are preconditioned you know like they were either things that i was born i was born with or taught by someone else like every single aspect of this you know it's just like i the all the various components the computer sitting in, in front of me is you know it, this is a conditioned thing it's it's it, they've come from all different parts of the world to manifest in this moment as a working thing that will one day pass away and it's they are all waves kind of bobbing up and down like every single wave is a is a culmination of energy from the sea or whatever you know it's just like and and it bobs up and then it goes down again and we are we're part of that and it's mm. i think it's you can't really talk about one without the other you know, mm, if, if, mm. if you're saying that I don't exist, then you have to also ask, well, how is anything happening then? You know, like, how, how am I choosing to do these things then? And then you say, well, because you're not choosing to do these things. There's an awareness mm. and mm. then things are happening. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad we actually, it, we've, we've, we've touched on the area of free will lots of times, mm. um, but never been willing to actually go into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, as you said, George, it's like thinking about free will is something that you, it goes alongside an idea that you do have choice. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like it, it's both have to be held, you know, like, yeah. it, and the reality is, is like, I think ultimately from an absolute sense, I don't have mm -hmm. free will, but from an experiential level, I do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. both of those things exist simultaneously from, from, in an absolute sense, of course, I don't exist as a separate being. I'm totally dependent on every single thing around me, the oxygen I breathe, you know, my body functioning, uh, my mum having given birth to me 26 years ago. Every single aspect of my life is preconditioned. And yet from an experiential sense, I feel like I'm here, 
I feel like mm. I'm experiencing things. I feel like I'm making choices. Mm. So I think that's a really important thing is like, yeah, we, we're talking in absolutes on one level and yeah. both have to be held. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> should, we, should we go on to next week's quote then? You ready? Yeah. Also, if you're listening to this and you're, you've got like a particular issue with what we're saying or, or things that you think just don't make sense or maybe even annoyed you a little bit about what we're talking about, then it would be really interesting to hear from you. So if you like send us a message on Instagram or something, which is enter the quote and maybe if we get some, we could perhaps quickly discuss them at the start of next episode or something or find a way or maybe address them just within Instagram because it's it's things that me and Oscar have thought about and talked about a lot but there's so much room for it to be misinterpreted or or you know all potential things that we haven't thought about or angles that we haven't seen so it, it's really cool to hear like what your objections are or what things didn't quite work just so that we could clarify those things and explain them better or maybe you'll kind of help us see things that we didn't quite notice about it so yeah definitely reach out if if you've got anything like that the quote for next week is by a very good spiritual teacher tara brack and yeah i love her work she's she's really really incredible i i subscribe to her newsletter which is great and she does her own podcasts based on recordings of her i think a lot of them recorded from retreats that she's running she's she's really fantastic the quote for next week is the essence of courage is to willingly feel our vulnerability this is what allows us to respond to life with an undefended wise heart mm. nice thanks for listening have a good week